Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. I'm excited. As a matter of fact, uh, I was telling the Wednesday night service, I got to, I got to have an afternoon at, uh, with Glenn Beck at uh, Mercury Studios, and uh, Heather's brother got us some, uh, a VIP tour of, of his, his place, and, and we're talking to him. And, well, and this young lady that was standing next to me, she was the one that was really giving us a lot, most of the tour, about 23, 25 years old maybe. And, and so while Glenn was doing a show, we were kind of off, back off in the shadows watching. And, and so we got to just talk a small talk. She asked me what I did, and I told her I was pastor of a church. And she said, oh, really, where at? And I said, well, we're kind of everywhere. We're, our main campus is McKinney in Dallas. And I said, you ever heard of Granberry? She said, yeah, no. I said, and then we have, there's a little town where you've probably never heard of called DeLeon. She said, DeLeon? My dad's from DeLeon. She goes, I got a lot of family in DeLeon. She goes, there's only like 2,000 people there. I said, I know. I can't believe I'm meeting someone right now who knows where DeLeon is. That's incredible. So anyway, so who knows what, what potential we have there. Uh, but God is uh, just influencing, uh, increasing us uh, around, around the world. And uh, I'm excited. I love this church. I love you guys so much. Right. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Finish this phrase for me. All good things come to pass. All, all, all good. Well, now that says, that, that says all, uh, God is able to make all things work together for good. All things, all good things come to an end. Right? The common phrase is to an end, right? Common phrase. But the scripture teaches us something else, doesn't it? All good things come from God, actually. That's what James teaches us. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, no shadow. Don't let the world determine what you believe. Let the scriptures be the final word, all right? Because many times it's going to be in direct contrast to the philosophy of this world because the world's jaded about good things, right? And we've talked about this. All good things must come to an end. If it sounds good to, to if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, right? But I say, if it sounds too good to be true, you, there's a good chance you just heard the gospel. Yeah, because it does sound that way. It does sound too good to be true, and yet it's still true. Hi, Dan Arnold. It's good to see you. Good to have you back with us. All right, so let's go. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of our young adults pastor, Jeremiah. He was in a pretty foul mood when he wrote this book. Pretty sad. <laughs> 52 chapters of a lot of crying and weeping and, and uh, bad news. We're, we're jumping into our Route 66 series. I want to share this with you uh, today. Uh, actually, we're going to be in Jeremiah and Lamentations because really those two things are basically the same. Uh, I, I think they probably shouldn't have separated that into two books. Um, but... Uh, we're going to be walking through sporadically Route 66. As last year, we were on it every week. We won't be on it every week this year because I have some other things I want to be sharing with you along the way. But we're going to keep hitting back in this series to where we have finally, you know, done a, a good synopsis of the entire Bible. And, and, and our map that, that's charting our course is uh, M stands for memento, which is this is a practical thing I'm going to bring to you, some practical truths and thoughts that you can you can take in your own life and to believe those things and to receive those things and meditate those things and confess those things. And then A stands for attraction, and this is the, the must-see, or maybe the overarching theme of, the, of that book, or maybe a, a big theological truth or idea. 
And then, of course, the, the P stands for the person of Jesus because he is the sum total of all of this book. Amen. He is everything. As the scripture says in Hebrews that God, who in past times and in various ways spoke to us through his prophets, now in these last days has spoken to us by his son. In other words, Jesus is the final answer. Hallelujah. I said all this to say Jesus. That's what he's really saying. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's what the scriptures are, are, are all about, about the person of Jesus. So we'll end up at him here in just a moment. But I want us to go actually to the main attraction, to the attraction, and that's found in Jeremiah chapter 2. There's no way to cover the whole theme of the book. I mean, 52 chapters, uh, ain't nobody got time for that today. So, but, but I'll tell you what we will do is I'm going to, like I said, just give you basically the overarching theme. And, and really, uh, first of all, let me say this. The Bible, all of it is for us. Can you agree with that? All of it is for us, but not all of it is to us. And what I mean by that is to us as in something that we live by. Yeah. All right, everybody hold your right hand up for just a moment. I'm going to help you for just a second. All right, you got your right hand in the air? Everybody have? All right, how about your left hand? Okay, all right, that's it. Okay, hold that right hand back up. All right, move your fingers around. Say, thank you, Jesus. That all the Bible is for me, but not all the Bible is to me. Because you said, if my right hand does something wrong, to cut it off. So thank you that though all the Bible is for me, not all the Bible is to me. Amen. Okay, so that'd be a lot of maimed people in here today, right? Or Jesus said, if your right eye offends you, pluck it out. All right, I see. I think everybody in here has got that right eye. Okay, good, good. So you understand that although it's all for us and a lot of it is for learning, and the Old Testament in a large part is for us to understand. And what is it for us to understand? <sighs> that Jesus made all the difference for us. And we thank God for Jesus. During this time, this is a dark time for, for, for Israel, very dark time. They've gone astray. They've gone in their own way, and they've been worshiping false gods, worshiping the earth, hugging trees and, and worshiping rocks and all kinds of stuff. And, and even though God has shown himself faithful to them, and yet they've, they've gone their own way. They didn't want the knowledge of God. And so Jeremiah is basically the expression of God's broken heart over his people. And Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet because he is that aspect of the, the voice piece, if you would, for God's broken heart. And, and I just want to give a few highlights of scriptures here where we see that, where we see what God was going through during this time. All right, look at, look at chapter 2 and verse 5. It says, thus says the Lord, what, what injustice have your fathers found in me? That they have gone far from me, have followed idols, and have become idolaters. In other words, what did I do? What have I done to prove that I'm not faithful. I've always been there. All right? And then look down to verse 31 and 32 of the same chapter. Oh, generation, see the word of the Lord. Have I been a wilderness to Israel or a land of darkness? Why do my people say we are lords? We will come no more to you. Verse 32. Can a virgin forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. You can really sense God's heart here. And, his, and, his, and the, the brokenness that he is feeling because his people, even though he's been so good and faithful to him, have chosen to abandon him. 
Now, we'll go to chapter 3, and again, we see this. Not Like I said, I don't have time to cover all that, but you, this is really the theme. You'll read this over and over again. And unfortunately, this is, this is a time of Israel when they're about to come into captivity. They've, they've chosen not to follow God. And then God, for a lot of part, through, through Jeremiah, is saying, now you're, the days are coming when you're going to be brought into captivity and talked about the Babylonian conquest when they came in with King Nebuchadnezzar and then brought the Jews into captivity. Go and proclaim these words toward the north, he's saying to Jeremiah, and say, return, backsliding Israel, says the Lord. I will not cause my anger to fall on you, for I am merciful, says the Lord. I will not remain angry forever. Verse 13, only acknowledge your iniquity, that you have transgressed against the Lord your God and have scattered your charms to alien deities under every green tree, and you have not obeyed my voice, says the Lord. Verse 14, return, oh, back. Can you feel him pleading? Return, eternal backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you. I will take you, one from a city and two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion, or the city of God, the city of praise. Verse 15, and I will give you shepherds. This is beautiful. According to my heart. This has been in the heart of God all of these years. I will give you shepherds, according to my heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. In other words, they're going to give you the things that help you sustain, that, that will help sustain life. Help give you the things that will cause you to live the kind of life that God is here to give you. Right. You see, this is, this, is, this is God's plan. It's been God's plan along. It's this gathering of his yeah. people to have pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and apostles there to feed the people. This is yeah. my solemn responsibility to stand up here and to feed you, to teach you, to give you understanding so that you can truly receive the life that God has come yeah. to give you. So you don't stumble in the darkness, so all you will hunger and thirst for is his word and its reality in your life. And I hope, yeah. that, I hope it does this for right. you. I hope that you're inspired every, every week you come in. You're encouraged and you're built and you're challenged. Huh? Challenged to, yeah. to become better, to become better at your knowledge of Jesus, to know him more. Amen. So right. he said, I will give you these shepherds. And so you, you see what God wants to do for his people, and yet he's not been able to because of their lack of seeking him. Now, Lamentations is one more place I want to look at. And, and basically, you can sum up Lamentations in this one verse. It's the tragic end after, after Israel has been plundered by Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon. And it says, her gates, Lamentations 2.9, have sunk into the ground. Those great gates that, that were with the, wall, the, the 12 gates around Jerusalem that, that uh, were around the wall, the wall that surrounded Jerusalem and the 12 gates that were entrances and exits to and from the city. Her gates have sunk into the ground. He has destroyed and broken her bars. Her king and her princes are among the nations. Listen to this. The law is no more, and her prophets find no vision from the Lord. So we have nothing to look at in writing, and we have no prophets to hear from. So God had gone silent in this way with his people and let them go into captivity, he said, so that they would learn from their own transgressions. Because they wouldn't return to him, because they wouldn't stay with him, he had to let them reap their consequences because that's what they chose. Like I said, it's, it's really sad, but, but I, I'm blessed today that to know what's, what was in the heart of God is in the earth today, that Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build my church. And now there are shepherds here uh, to, to bring the word of God. I want to tell you, this is the place. The house of God is the place for those who have gone astray to return back to the Lord.
Amen. This is that, that atmosphere. That's why we come here, so that others can come and return. Those who are gone far away will come here and say, I've got to make a choice. I've got to recommit my life to the Lord. I'm going to do it again. Thank you, God, for your grace that's come to my life. I'm choosing God's way. Right? For the lost to be found, for the sick to be healed, for the broken to be restored, for the ignorant to hear and learn and understand, for the weary to find strength, for those who are wandering aimless to know the way. Hallelujah. I'm grateful to God for this. We come here to this place to feast on the goodness of our God. But as you read through through Jeremiah, you you see this, you, you sense the Lord's the Lord's pain and his hurt, and, and yet he had to be just too, even though he is a merciful and gracious God. He had to be just too and, 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 and stick to his, his law that whatever decision you make, you will reap the consequence of that, that choice, whether good or bad. So he had to leave them to their own trouble, but always saying, if you'll just come back, I'll show you mercy. I'll show you what I can do. And so you can sense the frustration and the disappointment and the heartache there. And so uh, praise God, it's not all about that, but that really is the overarching theme of Jeremiah and Lamentations both. Yeah. And uh, right. But now what I want us to do is go over to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse Four, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb. Now, we know this one, don't we? Right? Who's got the tattoo, right? Okay, that before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Now, most of the time, we use just one part of this verse. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And uh, before you were born, I sanctified you, and leave out this other part, or ordained you a prophet to the nations, all right? So God knew you, and the fact that God knew you meant not only does he know you, but he knows you because he has a purpose for you, all right? It's not enough to just know that God knows you, and he does know you. Say this with me, God knows me. Hey, you can't fool God. You can fool people, but you'll never be able to fool God because he sees right at the heart. Right? He knows you. He knew you before you ever born. Matter of fact, he says, I sanctified you or I set you apart. This is how much he loves you. And I don't know how you got here. <laughs> I mean, I know how you got here, but it might, it might not have been intentional. Maybe your arriving here was not intended by your parents at that time, okay? Or, you know, however you got, I, yeah. Whether it was by accident or, by, or, or, or you were planned, it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. God knew. And the moment you were conceived, listen to me, the moment you were conceived, God put a plan in action for you. But he knew you were going to be here before you ever even got here. Oh, this is good. All right? So, so maybe accidental on, on, on human terms, but not on God terms. All right? His plan was in full force. You never took him by surprise. You know, when you were conceived, God didn't say, well, I didn't see this one coming. Well, what do you think, Gabe? What should we do with this one? No, he, he knows exactly what to do. Your life is precious to him. Amen. It's precious to him. But he says, I ordained you a prophet to the nation. So not only does the Lord call, know you, but he also has called you. Say this with me. God knows me. God has called me. Okay. Now watch Jeremiah. Watch what he says. Then said I, Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. Can we see ourselves there a little bit? 
Because when the Lord speaks, it seems so many times like it's so much, so over our heads, right? Like he's got these grand plans and schemes for our life. And we go, uh, I don't think I can do that. That He said, I'm, I'm a youth. In other words, he's looking at his limitations. Now, we do that from time to time, don't we? Right? Because when you look at the word of God, as James calls it a mirror, the mirror doesn't lie, does it? How many of you looked in the mirror this morning? Some of you should have and didn't, but that, you, you look in that mirror. It does not lie, right? I mean, you can suck it in and, and tuck it in or do whatever you can, but the mirror has already revealed to you what's there, and it's, it just doesn't lie. And the Word of God doesn't lie. And James says it's like a mirror. You behold who you really are when you look into the Word of God. But then you think about sometimes when you see I'm the righteousness of God in Christ and he does not, he's not angry with me and, 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 and I'm healed by his stripes. And yet you've got all these kind of contrary things going in your life to that, right? And so then you begin to think, okay, what did I go, where did I go wrong? Or obviously that's not to me. <laughs> you find all the limitations of why it's not true. This is what he tries to do. It's the, it's the weakness of humanity to figure out why we can't do what he says we can do, why we can't say what he says that we can say. Lord, yeah, that's, all, that's great and all, but. Let me, let, let me say this to you. Never limit yourself by your age. Never limit yourself by your race, by your economic status. Uh, status. Never limit yourself by your own background, the family you came from or didn't come from. Never limit yourself by your own weaknesses and never limit yourself by your circumstances. God's word is all you need to believe. Because he is the truth. If he has said that, it's true. In order for you to know that for yourself, you have to believe it. When I look throughout scriptures, we see lots of examples of people who tried to find, <clears throat> let God know that they couldn't do it. Jeremiah said, I'm too young. Abraham said, I'm 100 years old. Sarah's 90. You want us to start a family now? Right? Gideon said, I'm the weakest. My tribe is the weakest of all the tribes of Israel. Why would you call me? Yeah. Their story's common. Moses I mean, God shows up out there in a burning bush, right? The bush is not, I mean, it's, it's fiery, but the, it's not being consumed. I mean, that's a miracle in and of itself. And God speaks to him out of there and says, I want you to go uh, and be my, my mouthpiece. And Moses says, but I stutter. That's great, God. But... I want you to write this down. The more limitations you see, the more possibilities God sees. Be careful. You're going to qualify yourself to do something for God if you keep talking about how you can't. Be careful. Are you hearing me? The scripture says in 1 Corinthians, not many wise, not many noble, not many strong, not many mighty. God has chosen the weak things, the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So that we never get, I'm called of God. That means you're either a fool, you are weak. So let's let all the glory be of him. Huh? Right? 
Never think that we're called because we were qualified to be called. Your only qualification is that you couldn't do it, but he did it through you. That's why Paul said, I'd rather boast in my weakness because in my weakness his strength is made perfect. Hallelujah. The more limitations you see, the more possibilities God sees. The Lord said to me, do not say I'm a youth. Quit talking about why you can't. Quit talking about your circumstances. Quit talking about the hindrances, the reasons why, huh? For you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces. (laughs) That's why public speaking is the number one fear. Second is death. People would rather die than speak in, in front of people. That's what that means. Number one fear, public speaking. Because of that very reason. Do not be afraid of their faces. Don't fear the disapproval of men. That's what he's saying. You're not here for their approval anyway. We're living for God. Scripture says that whatever we do, do let's do it with our whole heart to the Lord, not to men. Knowing that our reward, the reward of our inheritance comes from him because we serve the Lord Christ. At the end of the day, the words we want to hear are well done from him because here's the trap of trying to please others and if you've been in ministry at all you'll understand this especially if you're a pastor if you please one person two are not going to be pleased come on tell me I love you Pastor Eric I just need to feel that come on let me feel your approval today that's why I'm here no no it's just true. It's just a fact of life and not just ministry in anywhere. Have you found that to be true, right? Huh? And as soon as you do please one person, other people want to know why them and not, why her and not me? Why him and not me? But you would do it for them and you wouldn't do it. Oh, I see. All right, so that's just a waste of your time. It's just a waste of your time. You live to please the Lord. All right? Hallelujah. The scripture says, without faith it's impossible to please him. He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Hallelujah. Then the Lord put forth his hand, listen to this, verse 9, and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. This is the glorious thing. If God has called you, then he has resourced you to fulfill that call. All right? So he's put words in your mouth. As a matter of fact, Romans chapter 10, verse 8 says, For what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. And we know the next couple of verses, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Glory to God. So you have a message then. He's called you, and he's called you with a message as Paul said, there's this, this word of reconciliation. Now we are ministers of that word. It's as though Christ were pleading through us to tell others, be reconciled to God. This is our heart. This is the cry of our God today. Be reconciled to God. I have already reconciled the world in Christ. Now you're going to have to believe that to receive its impact in your life, to receive its truth. For you to Be reconciled to God. That is, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that he died for your sins and that he was buried in a tomb and that God raised him from the dead the third day. Believe that gospel, hallelujah, that Jesus Christ is your only hope for salvation. He's your only hope for eternal life. Hallelujah. You can't earn it. You can only receive it by faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by his own mercy, he saved us. 
That's the glorious gospel. And that, that gospel is in your mouth. That gospel is in your heart. And, 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 and so that's why you don't look at why you can or why you shouldn't. Just understand, open your eyes and be aware that God has you where you are and he has you around those uh, who is around you. God has put them in your life for you to open your mouth and utter words of life, to bring the truth of the gospel, the truth of the word of God, to help people, inspire them to know him. Don't stay silent. Don't say, I am this or I am that. If he called you, or since he called you, then he has given you the ability to affect your environment and all those that are in it. Amen. Now, I want to go to one last place. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I, that, that amazes me. That scripture, uh, we're going to go to Jeremiah 31, but that scripture that says that God was in Christ reconciling the whole world unto themselves, not imputing their trespasses to them. In other words, God no longer saw us according to our sins. He no, and no longer sees us according to our sins. He sees us now according to the finished work of his son. That's, a, that's extraordinary grace, extraordinary love. He does not hold our sins against us. Now, in Jeremiah, you're going to see that he did a lot of counted their sins. But Jesus hadn't come yet. And the God who pronounced that judgment, what was the judgment? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then Jesus carried out the sentence of that judgment. What was the sentence? The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus not only pronounced that judgment as God, but he also carried out the sentence for men. Glory to God. So you don't ever have to. You don't have to pay the wage of sin. He's already done it. Just receive it by faith. This here, in this we're going to look, find the person of Jesus. In Jeremiah 31, verse 29, look at this. In those days they shall say no more, the fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. And you say, now how in the world is Jesus in that? Good question. I'm glad you asked. I'm going to read this again. In those days they shall say no more, the fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. In other words, what that's saying is what the fathers have done, the children are going to reap. The father's sins are going to be passed down to the children. Do you remember when God said that in, in Exodus, when he was meeting with Moses on the mountain for the second time, and he, he, uh, after Moses had broken the Ten Commandments uh, uh, the first time, so he called him back up on the mountain with the stone, and God inscribed the Ten Commandments again, and, and, and he had a meeting with God, and God said all these things about himself. And one of the things he said, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the sins of the father on the children and the children's children. All right? That's a heavy, heavy, heavy burden to bear. All right? Heavy consequences. And this here is saying along the same things, the sour grapes, the father that set the children's teeth on edge. And this, this, this transgressions, these sins were passed down from generation to generation because God was calling them all guilty, guilty, guilty. Not only is this going to affect you, but it's going to affect your kids and your kids' kids. Why is that? Because faith also does the same thing. Actually, wow. What about those who walk by faith, though? A guy named Abraham walked by faith, and guess what happened? I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It affected the kids and their kids' kids and their kids' 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 kids'. 
But then, John chapter 19. See an interesting piece of scripture here. And if you don't pay attention here, you'll just walk right past this. But this is an amazing moment when Jesus was hanging on that cross. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst, 29. Now a vessel full of sour wine comes from sour grapes was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. Verse 30. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. The curse of sin being from the father to the son to the son's son is broken. That's why... It is finished and bowing his head, he gave up his prayer. That's why it's erroneous to think that you've got some generational sins hunting you down. That you can't escape from what happened before. Well, my granddad did it, my dad did it, it's on me now to do it. Right? It's just the curse of the family. It's our family curse. No, 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 no. You got to believe what Jesus did. You're going to have to look to this person of Jesus who took the sour wine for you. Hallelujah. Who, who partook of it and broke the curse. Galatians chapter 3 says that Christ became a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs upon a tree. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham would come upon the Gentiles. Wow, that's you. Those that were outside there, the blessing of Abraham would come upon you. The Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You don't have curses hunting you down. Every curse was stopped at that moment he became a curse. The scripture says that he fulfilled the law. Ladies and gentlemen, if the law is fulfilled, and it is, then all the curses are done. There's no, you can't be cursed. There's no curse. If the law is fulfilled, if every T is crossed and every I is dotted and Jesus did it, why? For you. Yeah. This is, this is, it's a better, it's better than you having a changed life. You got an exchanged life. He became a curse and you became blessed. He became sin and you became righteousness. He became wounded. You became healed. He became poor. You became rich. He became the son of man so that we could become the sons of God. Hallelujah. It's an exchanged life. Sour grapes. Let them write, Dr. Ding Dong, write all the books about generational curses he wants to. That's not what the Bible teaches. You are not under a curse. You are blessed. And if you happen to hear someone talking about that, share the truth of the word with them. Don't denigrate them. Say, hey, can I show you something? I watched a man in South Africa get set free instantaneously when I brought this scripture to him because he had been messing with these witch doctors and stuff and had been involved in witchcraft for years. And, and so he thought that he had all these curses that the witch doctors had pronounced over him that, that this is why he was the way he was. But now he was a believer, yet he was still holding true to that, thinking that was having some kind of effect. And so we were sitting at this table, and this man was sitting next to him. He said, Pastor Eric, I think that he just needs to, we just need to go through. We just need to do an inventory of all the evil that's happened to him and all these curses. And I'm thinking, God, for one thing, I don't have time for that, okay? Uh, but another, I don't believe that. We need to walk through all, all of his pain again, drag him through. Oh, where's the scripture on any of this? I don't see any of the disciples that, hey, come on, let's sit down. All right, go ahead. Let's tell about all the terrible things that have happened to you. Let it all out. 
No, they preached the gospel and people were set free. Hey, look to him. He's everything you need. He's the answer. All right? He's the answer. He's all you need. The name of Jesus is all you need. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Can I get a good amen here today? Yeah. So I said, can, before we go into all that, I, you know, before we go, can, can I just take you to a scripture? So I opened up Galatians 3 and I had the man read it. I said, read that. And he said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs upon a tree. I said, what does that say? I said, he said, Christ became a curse. Christ redeemed me from the curses. Does that say anything to you? He said, there's no curse? I said, no, there's not. He just began to weep. I'm free. I'm free. Thank you, Jesus. Just like that. All right. Got his eyes on the one who became the curse. Not on all the curses, but the one who became the curse. Set free instantaneously. And then the other brother, thank God, sat there and he goes, Wow. We complicate things, don't we? It really is that easy. I said, yeah, it's pretty easy. We're the ones that screw it up. Let's just keep exalting Jesus. He's the answer. He is the answer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are free today. You're free in him. You're free in Jesus. There's no impending doom. Listen to me, child of God. Be free today. Huh? Be free today. Receive what Jesus came to give you. Take the fullness of that exchange life. Receive your healing today. Receive your restoration. Receive the life that he came to give you. Receive his grace today. Hallelujah. It's not deserved. It's simply received. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands to the Lord for a moment. Let's just worship and just thank Jesus. He made all the difference for you. He made all the difference. He carried all the weight of sin upon his own shoulders. Glory to God. By one man's disobedience, all of us were made sinners. But by one man's obedience... Many are made righteous. Hallelujah. Amen. We're not righteous because we obey God. We're righteous because Jesus obeyed God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for righteousness. Thank you, Lord, that no longer do you account our sins to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your blood that washed away every sin. Uh, every guilty stain has been washed away. Thank you, Lord. And now we are free in Jesus free in the Lord our God. Every curse is stopped. Every blessing is still flowing freely to us today. Freely we have received. Hallelujah. We also freely give. Thank you for that blessing of Abraham that is upon us. You will bless us and we will be a blessing. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for all these here today, Lord. But whatever they might be missing in their life, whatever might be broken, whatever might not be quite right, I thank you, Lord, you know exactly what that is. And I thank you that you meet them where they are, right where they are in Jesus' name, and you lift them up to the level of your truth, to the level of your word, Lord, to live in the experience. We thank you for the power and the demonstration of your gospel, Lord. Thank you. That it's not just words that we hear, but Lord, it's life that we can experience. It's real, and it 
brings us up and it heals us and it pulls us out of the darkness and it pulls us out of misunderstanding and confusion and brings peace. Thank you, Lord, for your glory. Thank you for the glory of your promise and that you so love us that you would not even spare Jesus, your own son, to have us. How will you not also with him freely give us all things? Today, if you're here, maybe you're one of those that identify with those in Israel who have been walking in your own way, doing your own thing. Today, you're coming home back to God. You heard him calling to you, return. 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 I'll show you mercy. I'll show you grace. I'm not angry with you. Let me love you. Let me show myself strong on your behalf. Let me help you. Thank you, Lord. Just, just talk to him. Say, Lord, I believe in you today. Just pray to him right now. Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm coming back to you, Father. You need healing in your body? Say, thank you, Jesus, that you bore my sickness. You've got chronic pain. Say, thank you, Jesus, you bore my pains. You're not sitting up there in pain, and I'm in you, and you're in me. If you're not in pain, then I don't need to be in pain. If you're not sick, then I don't need to be sick. Because as you are, so am I in this world. Thank you, Lord. Whatever it is you have need of, look to Jesus. Look to him, the author and the finisher of your faith. He sympathizes with your need. He does, because he's been where you are. He was in all points tempted just like you are, yet without sin so that you can come boldly before the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need and to give him your cares and give him your hurts. I promise you, he can do a lot better with them than you can. The injustice that's in this world, the loss, the grief, all that stuff that happens in life that was not ordained by God, but God is there to help you right now in your point of need, to love you and to heal you and to to bless you. Thank you, Lord. And he wears the victor's crown. Yeah. Because he overcomes, so do we. Say this with me. If God is able, we are able. If God is able, then we are able. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have the mind of Christ. I have peace with God. I am healed. I am blessed. I am forgiven. I am accepted. I am chosen by God. He knows me. He knows my name. And he has called me for his purpose. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.